Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular, completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Linda Parmar. Linda specializes in financial recovery and helping women in recovery to heal their money thoughts and behaviors. Linda and I met about three years ago up at the She Recovers Salt Spring Island Yoga Retreat, which was incredible. Linda and I hit it off right away. She quit drinking six years ago, a little over six years ago, and I quit drinking about four and a half years ago. Linda and I connected because we both drank to a great extent over stress. We were both in the corporate world. As Linda says, drinking was her jam, which it was mine too. And the corporate world sucked her dry. And I completely get that. And in the time I've known Linda, she has completely stepped into her life and her passion. She helps women with financial recovery Linda learned with her recovery that alcohol and drugs were just a symptom of negative patterns and behaviors. And this is the same for money. A few years into recovery, Linda was ready to look at these patterns and behaviors, which led her to become a certified money coach. Linda's worked in the financial industry for 20 years and has made a career from helping people with their finances. I really wanted to have Linda on this podcast and have this conversation because I know that for all women, women who are drinking too much, women who are trying to quit drinking and trying to get a day one that sticks and women in early sobriety, money and the financial aspects of their life is a big trigger. And it's a trigger that makes you want to not look around at everything around you and also something that makes you want to bury your head in the sand. It can be a reason to keep drinking when you're in the drinking cycle and it can be a trigger once you get out of the drinking cycle because it's heavy and it's scary and it hits us 
in so many of the areas where we have a lot of fear, fear around financial security, fear around adulting, fear around being able to take care of ourselves and making the wrong decisions. And so what I love about what Linda does is she really simplifies things. She's practical, she's proactive, she's optimistic. She provides real empowering help, but in a way that won't overwhelm you. So I wanted to bring Linda on to talk about how to reduce money stress, because that's the ultimate goal is to figure out how you can reduce money stress. And Linda provides financial first aid. So Linda, thank you for being here. I'm so excited that you're on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. That's awesome. So I know that you help women reduce money stress. Tell us about how you do that and why you came into this work. For sure. I would probably start with why I came into this work because I think that a big part, I'm a very like empathic person. So when I did my life, my former life, I like to call it as a financial advisor, people automatically felt really comfortable with me in regards to like, I made a very safe environment. But uh, what I noticed is that how emotional people got when they came into my office, or really like nervous. And it was just like, Oh, my God, I would, you know, introduce myself and we would start talking about money. And it would just be like, holy cow, like these people would just be like bawling in my office. And I would have the same people constantly coming into my office, like, refinancing, refinancing, refinancing their house. And, you know, that was something that I was doing as well, right? So like, to fuel my addiction, I was just constantly, you know, putting, you know, I didn't drink cheap wine, I was like the girls night, like the mummies like club of let's have girls night and cocktails. It was not cheap. So I was well, putting also all that on because credit like cards. not drinking cheap is cheap stuff is a sign that you don't really have a problem, right? Like you're clapping <laughs> when you drink a bottle of wine, like it's the good stuff. Heck yeah. And I did wine tours and I was the queen of wine tours. People would come to me. Oh my God, Linda, let's go on the wine tour. And I would just be like, the vineyards would know me. I'd get like oh, VIP yeah. treatment. I, I didn't have a problem. Heck no. no. Well, yeah, I went it, on every anniversary trip to wine tasting regions. God, you know, God bless my husband, like Walla Walla, Napa, Sonoma, even in Australia, when we went there, you know, rent the Absolutely. bus go in the van with the private tour, like, and (laughs) shockingly, totally off on a tangent, I moved, my husband was trying to get me to move outside of Seattle for years. I freaking moved three miles from 90, nine zero wine tasting rooms. Like, (laughs) I am positive that's how he got me out here. But I'm just like, really, Casey? So I hear you on that, like, drinking is not cheap. And when you're drinking, you also don't want to look at your finances and you don't want to look at how much you're spending drinking. So it's like this crazy circular cycle that you're in that's bringing you down and you, there's just so much fear around it. Absolutely. And I joke around and I know it's not funny, but I joke around in, in when I was really deep in my addiction or like when I got sober I would think that money on the credit card was like my money. So it was like, (laughs) oh, I have $7,000 to spend. Let's just go crazy. So yeah, I just like, I got sober. I was a financial advisor. I was a freaking financial mess myself. I was going to say, you thought the money limit on the credit card was your money as a financial advisor? Isn't that crazy? A little bit. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's a little (laughs) bit crazy. A little bit. (laughs) But the crazy thing and and so much love to all the bankers out there because I know it's a stressful job. Anybody that I had in my career that I worked with was exactly the same. The bank was, and I, I describe it as a codependent relationship. Like we were able, we knew the system. So we knew how to work it to be able to spend a crap load of money. We were, it was like a joke around the bank. As soon as payday hit, there we would laugh and it would be like, "Oh yay, my overdrafts covered today." It was a it and like the alcohol in the banking industry because of the stress was insane. Mm-hmm. So 
kind of fast forward to Salt Spring and being there and Mama Dawn and sitting in the barn. And it was like, oh, we're starting She Recovers Coaching. And all I kept saying to people was like, I hate my job. I hate my job. Like, if I have to sell another credit card for so many, like, sales dollars and it was just like you would have to write down every day like how many credit cards you sold like it was just insanity and it stressed me out and it goes against like your moral compass of what you know it's right right you're supposed to be helping people um no judgment but it's you know I mean I I hear you in terms of like I know that integrity is really, really important to you. And so Mm -hmm. many of us, you know, climb up corporate ladders where what you started with genuine interest and love and compassion and learning turns into something where you're being pressured to do things that you're like, this doesn't feel right. And then again, you drink to make that thought go away because by that point you have a good income. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48, so if you're going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep, it is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like those super fun hormonal changes. It helps reduce menopause symptoms head on. And if you're interested in trying it, you can use the code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Women cannot stop raving about it on social media, but the biggest benefit is the simplest, feeling like yourself again. So if you're going through this, like I'm going through this, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com with promo code HELLO. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. And use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. That's exactly right. And I actually like held to my integrity so hard that it started to, I don't think it like, I guess I was going to say it affected my performance, but I was a high achiever. Like I always got my goals. I always exceeded my goals, but I never, the only thing I, I, I felt like and it still bothers me to this day was the insurance piece, but I won't go into that. But the bank was like trying to get you to like trick people into taking insurance because it was our biggest goal and our biggest moneymaker that year. And it's like, oh, it just was soul sucking. Anyways, it was just like, Dawn was like, well, you should be a money coach. Like you know so much about money. I said, yeah, I know a lot about money, but I'm a financial mess. Like, I was addicted. Once I got sober, I became, it became a license to spend money for me. It became because I'm not drinking, I'm going to buy other things to make me feel good. And that's my main thing, especially within my coaching is I know people spend money to feel good. We're trying to like change how we're feeling. It's just another thing that we're numbing out on. Right. So it was just, and when she said that, I, I, I'll never forget that moment. It was a huge moment. And one of the girls in the barn said, sometimes you need to teach what you need to learn. And I was like, oh my God, that's so true. And I started my money coaching journey, journey and got money coaching before I decided if I was going to take the training, worked with a coach and it completely changed my life. And so then I was able to like walk, walk, talk the talk. And yeah. I'm I'm in financial recovery myself. I was in the biggest hole ever and I'm, I'm still climbing out of it, but I'm still climbing out of it. And that's the main thing. I work at it every single day. Yeah. And I know that, the, that I have a light at the end of my tunnel, but that's coming quickly now, which feels so good. It's so rewarding. Well, so what did what did money coaching do for you? And you said it was like saved your life and helped you get out of it. What was it? Because you had the information. How did coaching help you change behaviors and look at stuff that you were terrified to? Exactly. And that's exactly what it did. It was that it, we identified 
why I was the way I was. And unfortunately, I was the way I was because of the environment that I grew up in. So a lot of it stems back to patterns and behaviors we learned as kids, right? And I like to say that we're tape recorders that don't know how to press stop. And we're just ingesting all this stuff. I truly believe money to be an energy. So sometimes parents don't even talk about it, but you know exactly what's going on, right? Because there's just like this negative, like, and unfortunately there was violence in my home because of money. So there's that, you know, it was quite traumatic for me. Yeah. So, and I grew up, my mom was an impulsive spender, spent a ton of money and I learned the exact same thing. I had my first collections at age I, th- I want to say it was like 16. Remember those Columbia house when they used to send you like the CDs and stuff? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone younger than us is not remembering these, but yes. And they're not remembering it. But you used to be able, it was like 10 CDs for like one cent, but then they would send you like a CD every month and then you would have to pay for it. I never paid for it. And then I went into collections at like age 16. But like my parents never taught me. And that's the thing. We're never taught about money in some homes, right? If you were taught about money in your home, you are super lucky. I know that, you know, everybody, even if you didn't have collections young, has some baggage about money completely. And my family was, was very different. But again, the messages that I was told to this day influence everything I do. Like in my family, it was like, never buy a car that you can't pay full price for. You know, don't take on debt. Um, You're lucky to have a job. And then that was my mom, super conservative. So I have this, you know, both spend money and I'm like squirreling away money everywhere because I have this idea that it is ultimate security should anything fall apart. Mm -hmm. So I have like 16 different contingency, you know, squirrels nuts squirreled away, which is not terribly efficient. And also my dad was very much like time is money spend, you know, the energy, which is good, right? Like you are paying someone who has an expertise in a service that you do not. And that is a value and you're helping them, you know, build their family and their business. And it is simply an exchange of value. You know, they need to pay their mortgage and you are not as good at them in this area, not that you can't learn. My husband these days has taught me that I actually don't need to pay for everything that I don't know. Like he taught me how to like mud and spackle and drill holes and paint walls. It sounds so stupid, but like my dad never taught me that. So it's completely different in some ways. But like if you have negative money stories Mm -hmm. or examples or we're not Mm -hmm. taught various things, like I think money coaching is so valuable, but even with some of those lessons for better or worse, like there's baggage there. For sure. For sure. And the autumn, the thing I think about is like, you're like how your parents said, you know, don't have debt, pay for money or pay for your car at the full price. And if you have addictive behavior, sometimes, sometimes you pick up and money, spending money can be addictive, right? So if you're in a situation where you're like, your whole life, it's like, don't go into debt, don't go into debt. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in in debt, what that does to your self esteem, what that does to your self worth is just crushing because you're like, Oh, my God, I'm a failure. Oh, I'm a failure, because this is what I'm not supposed to be. And then that that just, I have so many clients like that. And then it just turns into this tailspin. And where do you turn? Right. Yeah. And like drinking, this is something that almost never, no one talks about. Like it is the third rail that every single person struggles with, whether it is because they have debt they're embarrassed about, they spend too much, or they're so terrified to leave their job and their finances because they have security issues that they put up with stuff that is driving them to drink, like anxiety, right? It causes so much tension in marriage because it, but nobody talks about it. And I love that you're helping people with this in a compassionate way that isn't, you know, you're a bad person. Cause so many of us are, you know, the, I just did an episode on the inner critic and it's like, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not disciplined enough. Get your, get your shit together, you know? And yet, Ooh, Amazon prime. (laughs) Amazon Prime. 
I love to hate Amazon Prime, just like I love to hate a lot of money things. But like, in so many people have issues with Amazon Prime, like, because it's just like, it's one click, like, you're literally one click away from just Oh my goodness. And well, Target, and I worked for like, 20 years oh. in e-commerce. So like, I respect it. Like the fewest number of clicks from view to buy, don't let them enter their credit card, do nothing that pauses them, retarget them, you know, all the stuff. Yeah. And yet yeah. it is, it is very, very, very calculated, you know, huge, huge. Yeah. And you get addicted to that feeling of like, and I have so many people that are like, they click on the Amazon thing. And then when they get their package, it's like they look at the stuff for like a brief second and get another little dopamine hit from like, Oh, yay, I got a package. And then everything just sits there. Like Mm -hmm. it just sits there. And it's just like, I haven't actually, I have one client like that. She's got like five Amazon boxes she hasn't opened yet. Wow. Yeah. And it's that she just that hit that you get like you literally get a dopamine hit to your brain when you're spending money. My coaching is because, again, I we went down to the behaviors of what really happened to me and why I was the way I was. Because I feel like sometimes we need to dig, especially in recovery, right? Like, and that's why I love recovery because we're doing the work, right? So when I started to do the money coaching, and one of the first things I do in my coaching and what my money coach did with me was you write out your money story and you write and you answer a lot of questions about you know, why you are the way you are with money. And once you deeply understand that, and then there's a place of forgiveness that starts to happen. There's a place of acceptance that starts to happen, which is where the compassion comes in, right? Like for me, because there was violence in my home, my parents were both alcoholics and money was a huge, huge stress in our house. Like I, I wrote a forgiveness letter to each of my parents for what I, the trauma I experienced as a child. And I never gave it to them. That was for me. It wasn't for anybody else. And, you know, to kind of start to move forward and forgive my mom for things that she taught me. And, you know, forgiving myself for things that, you know, stuff that I have done that I know was completely wrong. I had to forgive myself and really accept where I was with money and take accountability for that. And if we don't take accountability for that, right, and then we, you, you, it's the behaviors that we focused on at first, and then got into like the dollars and cents of stuff. Because if you don't really heal what's in your heart, you're just going to keep doing those same behaviors over and over again, because you're just trying to cover up feelings. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety, and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective than just CBD alone. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi is being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. I love that you do that work first because I have to say that when I think money coaching, I think, oh my God, they're going to make me make a budget. And that is the last thing that I want to do like to, you know, which is funny because I did it at work all the time. You have your profit and loss statement, what's coming out, what's coming in. And yet I don't want to look at that. Like it's just, to me, it's work. And it also is just, I don't know, like 
at home with my own finances, even though I know how to do it. Like I desperately don't want to look at what's coming in, what's coming out. Cause I feel like I'm going to take pleasures away from myself. And that is such a, and thank you for saying that because, and that's why the word budget just like makes me recoil. And it's just like, ah, budget, because I think that I tried to budget for so many years and it just never worked for me. So I call it a spending plan. So I work with my clients. Once we really work through the behavioral pieces, what I love about calling it a spending plan is because it is important to make sure, you know, it's kind of like trying to drive somewhere without a map, right? Like when you are working on your money, you want to kind of have a clear idea of where you want it to go, right? And so with that, I like to make a spending plan with them because then it becomes choice. It becomes what you choose to spend your money on. And I am not a money coach that is going to have you put restriction of any sort within your plan, because then it leads into like, almost like kind of like food, right? Like I always use the food analogy when you go on a diet and you completely restrict yourself from something for like, for me, it used to be like a few days, then you'd completely binge on something, right? That was my behavior that I had. And so with money, if you're like, Oh, God, I can't spend money on that, I can't do something that makes me happy, you're going to start to still have this negative energy around money, because then it's like, crap, well, I can't do that. I can't afford it where let's move around stuff. So like you can do stuff that makes you happy. It's so important to do stuff that makes you happy with money. Yeah, it's so important to us or else like, yeah, we're going to live in a life where it's like, yeah, the money's the evil money is the root of all evil. And it's, it's, yeah. if you respect money, it respects you back. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I think is that this work is so tied to your values and getting in touch with your values, like, and everybody's values are different. You know, in my mind, you know, with my parents, right. Never buy a car you can't pay for. I do not lease cars. I do not get new cars. Like I buy a car, it basically goes 14 years until it dies. Like that's what I do. And yet I love to travel. Like to me, that is, you know, I enjoy it for a year and a half. Like the planning it, the idea, you know, going on it, the dreaming about it, the photography after it, the memories I have 15 years later, that is something I value and brings me true joy. So forget the new car. I don't care less about that. But like, you know, last year I went to Greece and Amsterdam. That to me was like a joy of my life that I will never forget. And so getting in touch with those values does allow you to be like, you know, to let some stuff go that isn't Mm -hmm. important to you and yet splurge on what is. Yes. And that's one of my main steps is working on your hopes and your dreams What do you dream about? Like if money wasn't an issue, what do you want for yourself? What would you love? And it's just like anything is possible, but you know, we really have to, first of all, want it and know that you deserve that. So like putting aside, like maybe, you know, some money every month into a savings account that you call Greece and Amsterdam trip instead of spending an extra hundred dollars on eating out that month, like, you know, save that you're going to go in a couple years or three years or whatever, but have that. Oh my goodness. I get to make my dreams come true. Yeah. How good would that feel in your heart? Like that's what it's about. Absolutely. And we do actually do that. We have a a dream trip fund that is only for that. And with the idea being, it's impossible to carve out that kind of chunk of money with your day to day Mm -hmm. stuff. But that is something amazing. I know women who are in a financial hole, this is not resonating with them and it sounds really frivolous. And yet it's something we've been doing for 20 years. Like it's not something new and um, meaning it's not like, oh, this just happened for us. Like this is a priority for our family and we cut in other ways. So the values work and what's going to bring you true joy is so important. I also think like when you're in recovery from drinking or substances, looking forward in your life to true joy that doesn't come in a bottle with a hangover, that is what makes not drinking feel like living. 
Yes, yes. And I love that you brought up the um, how people would resonate um, if they don't have like if they're in a big hole and stuff, because yes, like, and it feels like for me, sometimes I talk from a place of privilege that, you know, being able to put money into a savings account and stuff. But when I first was in financial recovery, and I was in debt so bad, it was ridiculous. You know, my biggest thing to save up for, I remember was that I was putting just $10 a month, because I think it's really important to start a behavior of saving even a little bit when we're paying off debt. Like it was like I did a full moon kayak trip and it was just an evening, but it was with my four, you know, the four of us and our family. And I think it cost like $280, which was a big chunk, but it was still like, you have to start somewhere, even if, you know, of course, like Amsterdam and Greece are a big, a big thing to save for, but even something small, like a little kayaking evening with your family, a date night with your husband what brings you joy? Like let's, you know, and sometimes it can be just something small. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely feel that. And I remember even when my husband and I were like super young, like 23, we used to like want to go to these B and B's, but we couldn't afford them, you know, with their like two to three night minimum. So we would call them and be like, gosh, we're traveling around and like, we're so busy. We only have one night to spend. Would you make an exception, you know, to let us stay one night? And we would go there and like arrive at the beginning and leave at the end. And like, it was like once every four months, but at 22, 23, it was just, it was amazing. So, I mean, it is creativity, but also, you know, this is something I love and, and it's something important. So I really, All that is to say, I feel like, you know, writing, you know, realizing where your money story comes from, realizing that it's not your fault, that it is deep, that there's a reason, like everything that you behave the way in which you behave, when you know better, you do better. And then also calling it a spending plan I love and tying it to values. Like that is so much good work that you have to do before you like put together a budget, which is sort of cringe worthy, <laughs> in my opinion, although I know I need to do it. But it also, I love that it's about your hopes and dreams. You have to start somewhere. And I think that if we don't tie it to things that would make us happy, then it's just going to feel like a chore. It's just going to feel like another thing, right? Because like you said, money is something people don't talk about. People are scared to death of it. It's this huge elephant sitting in the room. I want to make it something that makes you feel good. I want it something to make you feel hopeful because people don't feel hopeful about money and it's time that we change that. Right. And just like that stigma that everybody feels about, not everybody, but, and I think we're really starting to remove it with the work we're doing, but so many people would be, you know, not wanting to stop drinking or be in recovery because of like the term alcoholic or the like different terms that felt really kind of icky to them. If that feels icky to you you know, like, and because of the stigma, people judging you, right? So in the same thing with money, like people feel completely judged. Most of all, they're judging themselves mostly. But what are other people going to think when they know that I'm in debt? Everybody's in freaking debt that like, if you're not in it, and some people aren't, and some people work really hard. But in the recovery community, I know that debt is something that's really, really hard for people. Well, and also it's not, you know, it's completely not about working hard, right? There are, like we're talking about in society now, it is systematic privilege uh, based on where you come from, based on where you started in the world, based on the people who surround you and the messages you've heard. So, you know, I just want to make sure that like everybody knows that it's not about working hard or someone being more disciplined than you. It is completely about how you were set up in the beginning and yet you can change your story. You can change your future. And in addition to that, I really do think that what I love about what you're saying is the idea of looking forward, right? And healing yourself. And also what you said about um, everybody having this issue, 
it's so universal. And one of the things I love about recovery is just that we get really honest with yourself. And one of the privileges of coaching women and hearing their stories is just the realization that everyone has whatever their stuff is that nobody is talking about. Like whatever you're sitting at home and being like, I am screwed up. This is wrong with me. I feel shame about this. What it looks like on the outside for everyone literally is not what's going on in the inside. I I almost can guarantee you that. Like financially, relationships with spouses, relationships with themselves and their parents, relationships with their children, relationships with money. So mm-hmm. it does look like everyone else has their stuff together. It is not true. It's so true. The Joneses are broke is what I like to tell people. because Everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses. The Joneses are broke people. They are just like living the high life and trying to keep up with that is exhausting. Like it's just, and yeah, you're totally right. It's when you think that it's unique, what you're going through is unique to you when there's so many women and that's where, and what I love to say, and that's why I love women in recovery as well, is that when women come together and share, we heal, right? So just like our experience on the farm, like all these strangers come together and then by the end of it, it's just like, oh my God, like you're stuck with me for life because we're soul sisters, right? Like I run group. And and we should, we should clarify like, or not clarify, like share what we're talking about in Mama Dawn and all of that who are amazing. It's the She Recovers Foundation organization. I'll put the link in the show notes. We met and I've been a few times and I know you have as well to the Salt Spring Island yoga retreat with Taryn Strong and Dawn Nickel. And it's usually like 30 women. I slept in a yurt with my sober bestie. Um, It's yoga twice a day. It's incredible. There's this gorgeous barn that we just have, you know, guitar circles and sharing circles. I feel like I'm 16 at summer camp again. And I was terrified, terrified to go. And it was one of the most healing, fulfilling, wonderful experiences that I've had. And again, you don't have to go all out to do it. You can save for a year to go to it. Um, I truly believe it's one of my sober supports. And not only that, like you can camp, you know, they have this gorgeous lawn that you camp on. So you can choose your level of, you know, investment. It is an investment. And of course, this year it got canceled, which just kills me because it was something that every year is just feeds me. Mm-hmm. But um, just, I'm only saying that because we were referencing it and, yes, you know, lots you. of people listening don't know Mama Don or the barn, right, or, right. but right. it is, it's incredible. It really is. And, and it just brings to, again, sometimes we feel like you're, we're unique when we come to the bar or to come to the farm and it's just like, oh my God, I'm going to meet these people. And I have all these self you know, confidence issues, and then you walk out and feel so different. And that's what I love when I lead like group coaching sessions, because I bring these women together. And the first session, they're all really shy. And they're all really nervous, because it's like, Oh, goodness, I'm gonna have to talk about my money. And then by the time we're done our second session, because we really start to dig in about our feelings about money and how we are the way we are. And by the time you're finished, you, you know, you can just see their shoulders drop and it's just like, oh my God, there's other people that understand this. There's other people that are struggling with this. Oh my goodness, I'm not alone. You're not alone in this. And this is a, one of my biggest messages is you are not alone. There's so many of us struggling with it. Yeah. So tell me how you were able, you know, you said when you came to money coaching and where you were that you were in a deep, deep hole. And I Mm -hmm. think that's something that people need to hear Mm -hmm. because I know people listening are like, gosh, my credit cards are off the chart. Right now, there are a ton of layoffs and furloughs, which I know are terrifying. I myself, um, you know, 22, 23 years in the corporate world got laid off 
four times. So if you think I don't get it, I get it. I got laid off when I was in a startup, venture capital funded startup and lost my job with two weeks severance during the 2008 downturn with a six month old when I was the primary breadwinner and you know, just a few years into owning my first home and having the mortgage and the health insurance. So I totally get the fear and anxiety, but I think hearing how you were able to dig out knowing that you were in a big hole will give people hope. Mm-hmm. Yes. When I first started, I would I was using my home as a as my wallet, as I was saying. Like I re- was refinancing a lot. And then it came to a point where we had refi maxed out the refinances in our home. And yeah, it was like we were we went from living the life, but like I joke around about, and I know it's, I, again, I'll say it, it's not, it's not funny, but it, it, I try to add humor to things to, you know, that's just the way I am, but some of it's funny. Right? It, well, <laughs> when I think back at it, it is funny to me because like the vacations we used to take when we didn't have the money. So it became like a real, like acceptance of where we were and we had to buckle right down. And you thought you'd think that I would have learned my lesson then. And we weren't incurring any more debt, but we bought a new home. And then so we from there sold our home and we bought a bigger house and built the house. And my husband was supposed to be having this, you know, big job and life changes, right? So we were busy trying to pay off our debt, pay our new mortgage payment really like buckling down and getting really simple with things. And we had to sell our house again, because we would have lost our home, we would have lost everything. And it was the constant stress of just like, how are we going to pay the mortgage payment, we had dug ourselves in a really big hole that we couldn't seem to get out of. And the thing that I think is really important to, to mention is that when you come up with the plan of how you're going to pay off your debt, like I did with my money coach when I first started, life changes really quickly sometimes. So my husband's mom unfortunately passed away quite tragically. Um, He went and had quite a lot of anxiety, had to quit his job and went to a job that paid half of what it did before. But it made him happy. But it was like, hey, what's that going to do for us for money? And we had to be really responsible. And that's why we sold our house. And it was just like, and we didn't come out of it unscathed. Like we still are paying off debt. And again, I have a plan on how to pay that off. But life can th- life throw th- throws things at you constantly. And it can throw you off your financial game huge. You really have to, like the big word of 2020 has been like pivot. You got to pivot to certain things. That's what we have to do with money too. Like as much as we're focused on paying down our debt, life throws stuff at you. And it's just like, Oh, my God. And so many people are like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. This money thing is really just not working out for me. Staying the course is so huge. Because I I call it the fuck it button. People press the fuck it button really easily because life throws things at you where you're like off track. And you're like, Oh, my God, I just can't keep up with my debts again. And it's just like when the the other thing you said about your husband is, you know, he was had anxiety about his role, he had to leave his job, like, I feel that. And I know so many other women feel that where you get into a role or a level at your job where you're making good money, which is fabulous. And yet you feel like you're drinking to tolerate your life. And 90% of that I always say is like the drinking, I didn't realize how much I would be able to cope with life better and be more optimistic without drinking. And at the same time, once I quit drinking, I see that with other women, you realize that the life you want to live and the life that supports your contentment and happiness and isn't the life that is that is in, for example, the corporate world that um, is truly sucking you dry. I know you went through this too. And having the bravery to realize that you were strong enough to step away from that money versus emotional stress is a true trade-off that is sometimes not worth it. I mean, I hear women, you know, be like, am I just, you know, 
I'm doing all these things. My life looks good. I make good money. I have a nice house. And yet I'm, you know, not happy and dread going to work in the morning and all these things. And yet, am I supposed to just suck it up for the next 15 years? Is this adulting? And that's such a limiting belief. And I had it. I can never make this kind of money if I go to a different job. I, Yes, I hate it. And I'm drinking to push down all of this unhappiness. And yet I feel like I'm so terrified of changing things. And that really is not true. And it, no, don't suck it up for 15 years. You are meant to live a life you truly are that is happy and joyful. And you can have that. And it is not going to kill you or your family. Like, you know, I felt like if I was going to quit my job, we would have to sell our house. And that didn't happen. And, you know, one of the books, and I know your work is incredible. Like, I'm a huge Jen Sincero fan. Me I don't too. know if you follow her as well. Huge. Absolutely. You know, in Once I Quit Drinking, we have all these amazing quitlets and, and bios and support. I swear to God, her book, You Are a Badass, was was huge for me just in changing my perspective. And then when I wanted to leave my corporate job, I listened to, I'm an audiobook fan, but I read it too, You're a Badass at Making Money. And again, really helped me um, and made me see what was holding me back and that it's not true and shift my mindset and all that stuff. Beautiful. Because I think Jen keeps it really simple. That's what I love about her. She doesn't and get And she swears, which I'm also loving. <laughs> huge fan, huge fan. She keeps it really simple. So it's not like this big, you know, book about money and like it, it she keeps it real. That's what I love about her book. I recommend it to people all the time, all the time. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Like it's life is too short for us to be stuck in those jobs and you know, hating our lives. And me and my husband just had this conversation like three months ago, you know, he moved into another job because we call that his like, just kind of like it was his in between job, like after he went from super high stress to like, the slowest pace job that anyone can experience. And it just wasn't fulfilling him that way. And he's moved into a new job. He's been there for a year now. He is so happy. He is just so grounded. And, you know, we lit, we had to downsize our home when we sold our last house to like not be in a ton of debt, we still are digging ourselves out a bit. But at the same time, like we are both so happy, leaving my corporate job as a banker. And like, again, like we've respected money and money respects us. Like it's just, uh, we have this flow. We have this energy thing going on. It feels so freaking good. And we don't have that stress. Like I'm not worried. My husband's going to have a heart attack every night. I'm not worried. You're going to have a heart attack. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, my husband did the same thing. He, we met when we were consultants, um, when we were young and, and moved out to Seattle and I got a job at a startup and he, he was really not that happy in the corporate world. Like I'm much more of a gold star girl, like, like the pats on the head. So I was, I was pretty comfortable with that. Um, and it, <laughs> it kept me there for 20 years, but he was not, you know, and his idea when he went to college was I'm going to major in economics. I'm going to, you know, same thing. I'm going to work really hard and then I'm going to retire early and do what I love, which is teaching and coaching. And somewhere along the way, he started substitute teaching. He started coaching baseball and basketball at a private school. And he, you know, through conversations decided to go be a sixth grade teacher and did that for 12 years. He's now the head of a middle school, but he was so much happier. He was so much happier. And I got to tell you, like living with someone who does not hate their job is so much more joyful than any income you can get. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And that's exactly right. And and a lot of people, like a lot of money coaches would be like, oh, you got to make as much money as you can and then invest it here and invest it there. My money coaching is just so much different. And I think it's because I work with women in recovery that sometimes are just working from the ground up. Like we, you know, you're just sober and you're just trying to keep it together. But then those layers, like we're always growing, right? We're always growing. And how beautiful is it that you can be happy 
doesn't mean you have to make the most money in the world. This is about you being happy and comfortable and having a good relationship with money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also I do think it's so important, you know, to the fact that you work with women in recovery and that you're in recovery yourself, because Mm -hmm. it is so layered. It's someone that, you know, you can go to a financial advisor and they'll give you advice, but you can't be honest with them Mm -hmm. and they don't get, I mean, when you quit drinking and you, you, or any substance and you give that up, you need to avoid overwhelm. You need to be gentle with yourself. You need to not tread lightly. It's not that because women who've quit drinking or drank a a lot and were hungover, my God, they're the most determined women. I know it takes work to keep your life together, right? When you're drinking, that is hard. And yet you need someone, you know, the most important thing is to feel heard and understood and held and like, you're not a bad person or you can't do this work if you're not honest. So I think it's a real gift that you have that experience, you share it and you help women who are in the same place. Cause we're not bad people. You aren't, you just you know, got addicted to something that's addictive and it's so hard. You know, you should be so proud of pulling yourself out of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I say to women too, when they give me a call and just even kind of want to talk about it or post something about money, because even doing that is really hard, right? So it's so important for that acknowledgement to go like, oh my God, good for you. Like, let's remove this stigma. Let's talk about it. Let's make it safe. Let's make money safe to talk about. Well, and I want to give anyone listening to this like tangible, helpful, simple tools and advice for how to start doing this work. And I know you have it. You have a financial first aid kit. So can you help talk about that? For sure. Yeah, I'll just kind of give a rundown um, quickly on we talked a lot about um, when one of my one of my things I think is huge in the financial first aid kit, because it's one of those things that you want to, you know, mend your money, let's like put, let's get this fixed, right. So I'm a huge believer. And especially if you have like issues with credit and stuff, credit cards, using a debit card, just having one way that you spend your money, some people like having just a you know, cash, cash works for them just to have it that way. But having a debit card or the only one way you spend your money, if you have if you're incurring a ton of debt, and that's something that you want to stop, let's get rid of the credit cards, let's plug that hole, let's stop charging on our credit cards, like, it kind of becomes to stop the madness, right? I think it's really important to have some sort of plan. So, and I know that like how you were saying like, oh my God, making a budget, you know, it's something you want to do, but it's hard to do. But having some sort of plan, again, like you can't, if you're going somewhere, you know, you have a specific address you need to get to, you need to know, have a map to get there. So having some sort of plan of even like, how much can I spend on groceries this month? Um, or even this week, breaking it down to this week, because sometimes a month is really overwhelming for people, right? So if it's like, how much do I have to spend on groceries this week? How much do I have to spend on gas? I think a good way to do this is uh, I'm a big look in the front, you know, look through the windshield, but sometimes we have to look through our rear view mirror just for a little bit, kind of like how I was talking about your money story and discovering where you came from with money. But how have you spent your money in the past? How much did you spend on groceries last month? How much did you spend on coffees? How much did you spend on eating out? Don't, if somebody asked me the other day, like, should I go back a year? It's like, oh God, no, that sounds super overwhelming. That makes me sweat even thinking about it. Three months max to go back, right? Just to give you an idea. But really you want to see like, how much do you bring in per month? How much are you paying out for like mortgage, rent? you know, like all of your fixed expenses that you have to pay every month, how much do you have left over? How are you going to divvy that up? Right? Yeah. And I wonder if in this time, because we're recording this during COVID, during quarantine, during stay at home, does that need to be prior to three months? Because I know I have, um, my life has completely changed in the last three months. I assume it has for everyone. Like I used to pay for daycare and childcare and haircut and color. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> pedicures and 
lattes. I mean, you know, in looking for how is this happening for you versus how is this happening to you um, with this quarantine, even with a lot of changes in, in financial for people, it does simplify your life and look at what you truly need and what maybe, I don't think I'm going to go back to all those things. And my husband and I have picnic dates in our backyard with no kids versus going out to dinner. Um, obviously. Yeah. But as you're looking at where you've spent money, I wonder if looking at, you know, for example, like maybe it's December is not good because December to February, like you have Christmas or maybe yeah. it is, but I'm just thinking out loud that like March to July, God, it has been a different universe. <laughs> it really has. And that's where a lot of the time, and yes, thank you for saying that. Cause in this quarantine period, it becomes like almost like an emergency spending plan because you don't want to like, who knows, like where people start talking about, well, and it's happening for the States in the States is that second wave, right? So it's like, we need to prepare ourselves. So what is necessary right now, right? Like what's necessary to spend money on is such a good point. Um, And yeah, like once we get back to quote unquote normal life, whatever that's going to look like. But yeah, there's been so many people that this quarantine has taught them so much about keeping it simple. Like we were spending, people were sending so much money before. And now it's like, oh my goodness, I can actually save money right now because I'm not going out doing all the stuff anymore, which is beautiful. Even driving your so, car. Huge, <laughs> huge. Yes. So spending plans are actually a lot, it are like kind of, I wouldn't say, you know, cause I know people are struggling with money. So I don't want to use the word easier, but it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it can, we can keep it really simple right now, which is the beauty of it. Right. And if you, you know, tracking, I think is really important. So you can kind of gauge where you are with money. So I use a tracking app called MoneyMinder online. Um, there's YNAB that's super popular, which is you need a budget. Um, there is mint or Dave Ramsey's program. Um, every dollar is another one that people resonate with. So have a look at those. It's a bit of, um, you, it, you do have to take the time to set it up. So make sure you have that expectation of yourself, but yeah, make sure that you're tracking it and keeping, having a conscious contact with your money, especially if you have impulsive spending issues will keep you from, you, you know, if you know that you have to be accountable for that, it's just like, Oh, you start to question, do, do I need that? Or do I just want that? Am I trying to fill a need? I carry a journal in my car because there's I get those um, emotions still, right? Where I want to go and buy something and I want to go get a new outfit. I want to go do something. It's like, okay, what's really going on? Like in our recovery, yeah. it's like, what's really going on? It's not really that I wanted to drink. It was I was trying to escape. What are you trying to yeah. escape from? I love that you gave those practical like apps and tips because I'd never heard of any of them. Yeah. So we will link to those in the show notes because Perfect. I think just a lot of those practical tips are super helpful. And I say exactly. the same thing about drinking with tapping into the actual emotion because a lot of times, you know, someone's like, I really want to drink right now. And I'm like, okay, why? Well, I just do. Okay, what what do you want to escape from? Or what do you want to enhance? You know, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling bored. I'm feeling like I need a treat. I'm feeling like my kids are driving me crazy. Okay, what's something else that would heal that emotion or need? Because yeah. the same thing applies to spending, you know, and it and it's real. But like drinking, spending is just your knee-jerk reaction. It's not actually helping you. And so, you know, if you're trying to heal worry or stress or marital strife or drama, you know, buying something new is probably is not the thing that will actually serve you. And part of this is just experimenting and finding new things. And, you know, a book from the library can help you escape a novel, um, essential oils in a diffuser, not expensive. I bought mine four years ago, still use it. Nice. Um, baths. You know, I know you do tapping, um, which I love. And I did a podcast episode on. So there are lots of things to save 
um, to heal that emotion, going for walks with a podcast. Um, and it doesn't have to be a recovery podcast, even though I know you have a podcast too that's amazing that we will Thank link you. to. Tell us what the name of that is. Uh, my podcast is called Your Money, Your Recovery. I love it. And we Thank will you. link to that as well. Thank you. The one other thing that I wanted to make sure we mention is I have an app when I quit drinking that I love because a lot of times you're like, I have 14 days, I have 30 days, I have, you know, 75 days or three years. Like, you know, it's those days themselves, of course, are important and something to be proud of. But I have the I'm done drinking app and had it since day one. One of the things I love is that it doesn't just count days. You plug in and this honestly takes three minutes, not even um, the number of bottles of wine, of beer, of anything else that you consume in a week, say, or in a month. I did it by day because I drank every single night and the cost of it. You know, most of us have a go-to drink or we can calculate it. You can add in drinks when you go out to eat uh, or drink and um, the calories saved. And what I love is, you know, when I got to 30 days, I saved I had not ingested, which is crazy when you think about how you're impacting your body and your health. I had not ingested almost 40 bottles of wine because I drank a bottle to a bottle and half a night. I had saved a million calories. And now four and a half years later, I just checked and I have literally saved by not poisoning myself $30,000. I mean, looking at it right now, it is $29,561. That to me is way more than my 1,600 days of not drinking. And it's been joyful and it's been happy. I mean, we go out to dinner pre, you know, months ago and my husband would be like, you are the cheapest damn date in a positive way. Like he's loving me (laughs) and I can drive home and not be upset with my kids the next day and actually pay the babysitter and not overpay um, because I'm trying to make sure I don't underpay and I am having trouble with dollars per hour. I mean, all the things, but $550 a month is real. You can save a lot of money towards a kayaking trip with your family on an evening. That's true joy. You can dig yourself out of a lot of debt it with $30,000 or amazing trips to Greece. I mean, so having an app that tells you all the fabulous things about not drinking, in addition to not waking up at 3am feeling like crap about yourself or not (laughs) not having your eyes be super watery and bloodshot, like there's a lot of good in that. Beautiful. What was it called again? I'm done with drinking. I'm done drinking. I'm done drinking. Um, And I recommend it to all my clients. I'll also link to it, of course, in the show notes because there are so many benefits to not drinking. But when you look at the money, and I use that money in the beginning, you know, to invest in my recovery, right? To invest in helping me not drink, changing my mindsets. I went to Salt Spring. Like, I consider that my, like, I'm not poisoning myself uh, Mm -hmm. money fund. And so that my, I look at my app and I share it with my husband. I'm like, um, I'm going to Salt Spring because I've saved three thousand dollars. <laughs> He's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's real. It's yes, real. Yes, I love that. And it's that investing in yourself, right? Like, and how you were saying, like, that's your one thing in the year that really gives you that outlet. Um, I am feeling it this year that we're, we didn't get to go to Salt Spring. Like, that's my my. Oh, so many things, but touchstone. It's a touchstone yeah. that you oh look my goodness. To. It really is. And that I deserve. And like, yeah, I love that you um paired it with like how much money you saved. And it is possible because yeah, we spent a ton of money on drinking. Oh my God, our stories are so similar because like that that amount of wine that you were drinking is exactly like mine. So like when I think about that 30,000, I'm like, oh my God, that's my number two, let alone like add a couple of years. You know what? Right? You, can, you can go back. You can download it today. You just oh, put in your date, it. how much doing you were drinking. It. And basically, you know, everybody has their go-to. I was like Chateau Saint-Michel Syrah, which was like $14 a bottle because, you know, it couldn't be 30. Like that's insane. Um, but it, but it wasn't, you know, super cheap either. And, you know, just the bottles not ingested in my body and the, not only the way I feel, but like the dollars I'm saving and realizing that. that I can spend that money on things that actually make me feel good. 
including saving. So I don't have the anxiety I was having um, daily. And that's what some women really struggle with, especially like if we're mothers and have children, like one message I hear a lot is when am I going to have enough? When am I going to feel safe? You know, that enough feeling and not having that anxiety piece. That's so beautiful. And to tie it back to how much we can save when we stop drinking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Is there anything else you want to share um, before we end this podcast that you want to leave women with? I think one of the biggest things is my message of the fact that you're not alone. I think that's one of my biggest things that so many people do, so many women in recovery um, do struggle with the same exact thing. And it is so, so important for us to talk about it. I have a free Facebook group called Your Money, Your Recovery that um, is just exactly us just talking about money. I ask, you know, do you have any, you know, money goals this week, who achieved their money goals this week? What are you grateful for with money? You know, because that gratitude piece with money is really big for me. Um, So you are not alone. You are absolutely not alone. And it is possible to feel happy and healthy in your heart and your mind with money. And how can people I love that you mentioned, and we will absolutely link to Um, your Facebook group, your podcast, which is amazing, your website. But in what ways do you work with women who might want to do a group um, course with you or um, one-on-one coaching? I know you do that as well. Yes, definitely. So I do the one-on-one coaching. I have I don't have my exact date, but it is going to be mid-September. I'm launching my first digital course. Um, It's going to be called Your Money, Your Recovery, the Foundations course. And with that, it's going to take you from top to bottom to my coaching work at your own pace while having access to me in a Facebook group. And then I think my next group coaching probably won't be until November just because I just started one um, last week. So yes, it's just check my website. It has all my information in regards to what's coming up next. And I do a lot of free workshops, that sort of thing. Um, but and yeah, my podcast. And what is your website? Just if someone wants to go there right now. Yeah, lindaparmar.com. It's P-A-R-M-A-R.com. Linda Parmar. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I feel like we've gone through so many real tangible tips that can help and resources and links. And I know lots of women are feeling this right now and hopefully will take the first step of, you know, digging into this a little bit and knowing it's not your fault and knowing that, you know, small steps do make a huge difference and will lead you to a life that's happier. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And, and just again, the financial first aid kit, I have a link to that on my website. Um, it goes into detail of what to have in your kit, how to get it. Um, and I also recorded a podcast episode specifically on it as well. That's linked in the, in the freebie on my website there, if anybody's interested, but oh, and it's you. free. Your financial Absolutely. first aid kit is free. Absolutely. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. All right. Thank yes. you, Linda. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. 
If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.